0: Hello! It's great to have you join us today. The vision is for you to see Jesus and then be able to show him to someone. Please grab your Bible and notepad as we journey together in the revelation of Jesus Christ. You are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.
1: to this uh, class today and uh, for some time now we have been looking at uh, these various concepts of salvation the concepts that the Holy Ghost uses all through the epistles to communicate to us what salvation is all about and today we'll be considering one last concept as used in the epistles and that is the concept of sanctification Salvation is sanctification. Salvation is God sanctifying man, God sanctifying man. To begin, uh, I want us to do a bit of study through, a, a, a bit of a word study, let me put it that way, just to help us to understand, to lay a good foundation for what this word, sanctification, really entails. Now, that word, sanctification, appears in several passages in the epistles, which we'll soon see, and that word, the Greek word translated sanctify, uh, translated sanctification, or to sanctify, is the word agiasmos. agiasmos, funny enough, that same word is used for holiness in some places. Okay, it's translated holiness in some other places, but uh, let's speak sanctification, which is agiasmos. Agiasmos means separate, to set apart, to make holy, to cleanse, to purify. Glory to Jesus! So that is the usage of the word, and um, like I said, we start seeing several. Uh, scriptures where this word, this Greek word in the original text comes up. To start with, let's see Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. That word you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. That sealed there is the word agiasmos, which means you were set apart. You were marked, okay, you were branded. Okay, you were set apart from the rest of the world to show ownership. Okay, to show God's ownership over you, and that is the concept of sanctification. Okay, let's see some, some other scriptures. So here we see that we were sealed, we were sanctified by the Holy Spirit of promise. Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus. Let's see 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 13 But we are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification by the Spirit and belief in the truth, to which he called you by our gospel, "...for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ." So we see clearly here, sanctification is salvation, or salvation is sanctification. And that sanctification is by the Spirit. And through what? Our believing in the truth, which is the gospel. Glory to Jesus. Wow, sanctification is by the Spirit." And through our believing, the truth, which is the gospel. Glory to Jesus. Let's see some more scripture. So we see very clearly here, again, sanctification by what? By the Spirit. So we see God at work in sanctifying man. Amen. Let's see Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. Hebrews chapter 2 verse 11. For both he who sanctifies, and those who have been sanctified are all of one, for which reason he is not ashamed to call them brethren. So we see again here, sanctification is the work of God. We see clearly here, it is the work of God. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 10. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Again, we see here, Hebrews 10, 10, that we have been sanctified. Not that we will be sanctified. We have been sanctified. And it shows us here again, through what? Through the work of God himself sanctification is God's work on the believer. Glory to Jesus. And again, we have have been able to gather so far that it happens. It is what happens when the Spirit of God inhabits a man. The inhabitation of the Spirit of God in a man, okay, sanctifies him, sets him apart from the rest of the world, from the whole world. Glory to Jesus. Let's see Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Cleanse here yeah, is the word agiasmos, communicating the idea of sanctification once again. It is God's work. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 14. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 14. For by one offering, he has perfected forever those who have been sanctified. This communicates again that there is also an ongoing work of sanctification. But we see again that it is the work of God. I will bring clarification to that just to follow along with me. Okay? It is the work of God. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 12 Therefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate So we see that Jesus' work was for sanctification of man Was for the sanctification of his people Glory to Jesus Again, sanctification is God's exclusive work Sanctification is God's exclusive work Let's see uh, um, a, a little bit more a lot of scriptures like my pastor will say is necessary for your spiritual sanity. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2. To the church of God which is at Corinth, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all who in every place call on the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and hearts, so again, to those who are sanctified in Christ Jesus, so in Christ Jesus is a man sanctified, okay, the reception, the receiving of Christ Jesus by a man is the man's sanctification by God, so glory to Jesus. Let's see First Corinthians chapter six verse eleven. 1 Corinthians chapter six verse eleven. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Again, sanctification by the Spirit, sanctification by God Himself. Sanctification in the past tense, as well. We see that here. Let's see some more. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. First Peter chapter 1, verse 2. Elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father in sanctification of the Spirit for obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace be multiplied. So, again, we see sanctification. As the exclusive work of God, First Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty-three. 1 Thessalonians chapter five verse twenty-three. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Actually, may here is not prayer. Okay, is stating the obvious. That's why in the whole King James, you see it says, "I pray that God," and then "I pray that God" is actually in italics, which means it's not in the original. So this is not a prayer; it's a statement of the obvious, and uh, we can infer this from reading, of course, from chapter 3, chapter 4, chapter 5, we will see more on this as this class goes on. We'll see the old idea of what Paul was was talking about. John chapter 17, verse 17, of course, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is true. So we know that sanctification is also by the word of God. What word of God? Who is the word of God? By Christ. Christ enters a man Christ, a man receives Christ, he is so sanctified. Glory to Jesus. Philippians Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6. Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of jesus christ just as it is right for me to think of you all because i have you in my heart and then it goes on so we see here okay that again who is sanctifying who is preserving okay who started the work god who finishes the work god hallelujah salvation sanctification is God's exclusive work. Philippians 2:13. Philippians 2:13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Later on we will see where all this comes into play, but again we see God at work. It is God at work. Romans chapter 15 verse 16. Romans chapter 15 verse 16. Yeah, I am deliberately taking the time to to read this scripture because, yeah, that's what we do. That is Bible study. Romans chapter 15, verse 16. As much as many times we want to paraphrase uh, in the interest of time, it is good at times to sit down and open these scriptures and read them out one after the other. It helps the study. Glory to Jesus. Romans chapter 15, verse 16. Romans chapter 15, verse 16 that I might be a minister of Jesus Christ to the Gentiles, ministering the gospel of God, that that the offering of the Gentiles might be acceptable, sanctified by the Holy Spirit. They are sanctified by the Holy Spirit, basically. So again, sanctification is by the Spirit of God. Glory to Jesus. Acts chapter 26 verse 18 is another scripture you may want to check. So in all these uh, uh, passages that we have actually read, okay, we see something common through it all. Through it all. Something shouting so loud and clear at us is the fact that okay, sanctification is primarily the work that God has done in the believer. Sanctification is the work that God has done. It's something that God has done. You are sanctified. You will believe in Christ Jesus. The message of his death, burial, and resurrection for your salvation. You are sanctified by God's spirit within you. Okay? And that is salvation. That point of sanctification is when salvation occurs. Because sanctification, again, happens by the inhabitation of the spirit of God in a man. That makes the man set apart. Separate from the world, from the rest of the world, glory to Jesus, and that's the beauty. So it's important to note here that you don't get sanctified so that you can receive Christ, <laughs> and you don't get sanctified so that you you, you you can then make heaven. In quote, you receive Christ first, and now Christ in you sanctifies you. You receive Christ first. Now, Christ in you sets you apart, separates you from the world, okay? Gives you, you know, a mark, a seal of ownership of God, of course. Separates you from the world. To ask someone to be sanctified in order for them to be inhabited by Christ, in order for God to live in them or to walk with them, or in order for, for them to make heaven, as is said in many circles, is to ask someone to take a bath before entering the bathroom. (laughs) That is exactly what is being said because the purpose of Christ in you is sanctification. Christ in you produces sanctification. Christ in you is your sanctification. So to ask me to be to, to get sanctified for Christ to dwell in me is to say I need to take a bath before entering the bathroom. Glory to Jesus, Hallelujah. So again, I will stress here: God's spirit within a man is what sanctifies him. That is important for us to know. Jude chapter tw- uh, Jude verse twenty-four also makes it makes it clearer. Okay, God keeps from falling okay to him that is able to keep you from falling again that work of sanctification of separating the, the the believer okay was done by god himself and we will see a little bit more details philippians chapter 1 verse 6 makes it clear as well the entire work of salvation okay is the work of god and we have been saying that you know long before now in fact almost from the beginning of this series on salvation. It is the work of God. Exclusively the work of God. Now, having laid that basis, sanctification again is God's work. It is what God has done in the believer. The inhabiting of the man by the Spirit of God is what sanctifies him, what sets him apart, what separates him from the world. Now, there is what some of us some people call the experiential sanctification. Some people also like to say okay holiness. Okay, there is what people call that what we do in our daily lives being separate unto God. Okay, in our daily lives living lives that are you no know, dedicated towards the service of God, towards the interest of God. There is that part that aspect that is also called sanctification. And it is also important, whatever be the definition you give to that part, call it anything you like. But it is important to note that that aspect doesn't affect salvation. That aspect doesn't affect salvation. Let us see some scriptures where some of these... Uh, 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 um, the, 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 the uh, this aspect of salvation is actually inferred from 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3. 1st Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 3. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality. So we see sanctification here, and then it goes on that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such. And we also forewarned, as we also forewarned you and testify. So we see here that Paul uses that word agiasmos, that word sanctification as in the context of conduct the believer's conduct certain things that we say on the basis of everything that God has done for me that Christ has done for me uh -uh, I decide not to do this I refuse to do this on the basis of who I am in Christ I decide to say no to this or I decide to do this talking about service. So it's in two ways. It's either you look at it as conduct or look at it as service unto God. So Paul uses sanctification here in that vein. Let's see others, and that is an ongoing work. That's the ongoing work that I talked about. Okay, why we're reading those scriptures initially. The ongoing work of sanctification, how a believer lives his life, you no, know, in separation unto God. Note again, this does not affect that which has happened in the spirit, that which has happened essentially, which is the sanctification by the spirit of God. Okay, this doesn't affect it, that is what salvation is, and I will speak more about that in a GFI. Okay, so sanctification here is used as conduct in form of conduct or service unto God and an ongoing work. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 21. Second Timothy 2 21. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the ladder, he will be a vessel for honor, or sanctified, and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. Again, what is this saying? He's talking about your service to God. Okay, how a believer conducts himself and also. Conduct himself in service to God, very important. So we see also Paul using that word in that vein, okay. And we're about to to bring them all together, real soon. We see other scriptures, Romans chapter six, verse six to to the end, okay. Romans chapter twelve, okay. I beseech you therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to you for this your reasonable act of service, okay. So now that is also talking about conduct and service very good and i have established again we see that this is different this does not affect from uh, this does not affect the work of salvation because salvation is exclusively god's work in fact the reason why this second aspect which is experiential sanctification is there is because of the primary one in the first place so sanctification is primarily god's work okay this, the, the spirit of God, God in Christ, in a beating man. That is sanctification. Now, because of that, there are certain things that I, that, that a believer would decide, No, I will not stoop, stoop so low as to do this. This is not who I am. This is not my nature. I love. I do not hate. I give. I do not steal. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Then that is the experiential work, the experiential uh, sanctification that we are talking about. Let's see uh, Paul's experience. Romans chapter six, Romans chapter six, verse fourteen. Something happened. You know, Paul preached so much uh, on how, you know, uh, 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 the gift of righteousness is impacted apart from works. And then we we see that through Romans chapter five up to the end. And then people raised up the question. Romans chapter six what shall we say then shall we continue in sin that grace may abound okay so it goes on it comes up again in verse 14 where it begins to address that romans chapter 6 verse 14 for sin shall not have dominion over you for you are not under law but under grace what then shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace certainly not i love the way uh, old king james put it god forbid do you not know that to whom you present yourself slaves to obey, you are that one slaves whom you obey? Okay, whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin, so He reminds them, You were once slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart. So when you obeyed from the heart, the gospel, that form of doctrine to which you were delivered and having been set free from sin, so you were set free from sin. When you obeyed from the heart the gospel that that, that was preached unto you, you became slaves unto righteousness. Slaves of righteousness, I speak in human terms, because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness unto holiness. For you were slaves of sin. You were free in regard to righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things of which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now, having been set free from sin, this is the uh, um, admonition of Paul, and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit unto holiness, and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we see Paul here admonishing as he does throughout his epistles. Admonishing believers. Now, hey, you are no longer slaves of sin. Okay? Yield your members as as, as instruments of, of, of righteousness, instruments of holiness. Admonishing them on the basis of what Christ has done. There are some things you cannot do as a believer. There are some things you should not permit to rule your body. Okay, whatsoever you submit your body unto, you become slaves unto that. You are you are you are, you are slaves unto that. And we know that you are not a slaves of a, a slave of sin. You are not slaves unto sin, but unto righteousness. So yield your members and produce fruit unto holiness. This was his admonition. So again, this is talking about experiential sanctification that on the basis of what christ has done in me for me with me i will not do certain things or you can say on the basis of what christ has done in me i will commit myself to doing certain things that is service the first one is conduct then this is service when i say oh i commit myself to doing things then this is service when i say i will not do these things that communicates the idea of conduct glory to jesus so it's possible for a man to be saved. Please don't mix this up. This is very key now. It is possible for a man to be saved, yet he does not exhibit these things. I mean, conduct or service as he should in Christ. It is possible. This is why Paul was addressing Romans six fourteen to 23. He says, Yield your member. So it's possible for, 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 for a believer, even though he's saved, he doesn't yield his member unto righteousness he allows himself gets run over as though he is still a slave of sin it is possible and that is possible when such a believer is malnourished when such a believer is not feeding right when you feed feed well okay you will definitely grow well when you feed well you will definitely come to the point where you are able to take stance and say that no on the, on the basis of what Christ has done in me, I, I'm, I'm not going to stoop this low. I'm, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to allow this. Or you say, no, I'm going to commit myself to this work. Oh, I save. Oh, I will save this, 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 this purpose. I will save the gospel. Glory to Jesus. So please, it is important to note where the line of division okay, exists between these two concepts. Sanctification is primarily God's work. Now, based on God's work that has been completed, that has been finished. Now, a believer takes stand and says, I will not do certain things or I will do certain things. Conduct stroke service. Now, this is the experiential part which does not affect the work that has been done. Glory to Jesus. We're we're uh, uh, we're about to see more on that uh, as we go on. Galatians chapter 5 verse 24 to 26. Galatians chapter 5, oh, I'm feeling blessed already in this place. Galatians chapter 5, verse 24 to 26, Galatians 5, 24 to 26, and those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become considered, provoking one another, envying one another. So again, we see Paul admonishing believers based on all these things that I've taught you. See, Galatians 1, 2, 3, 4, he was addressing fundamentals on how their salvation has nothing to do with their works. Glory to Jesus. And then he admonishes them based on all these that I've told you. Based on how much Christ has invested in you. Based on how much God has completed on your behalf, based on the finished work of Christ. Hey, let us live dignified, let us live worthy of our calling. Glory to Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27. But I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should. No, should, should, should not be a castaway. Let me use it, uh, use the old uh, King James version, the way uh, it is actually put in that version sh- that I shall not be a castaway, lest I myself, after I have preached to others, do not become a castaway. Okay, and that seems to suggest oh, you see there, you see there, hey, 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 you can be a castaway after you have done all the work. Actually, let us go back to the context, let's read from verse 16. And see what Paul is talking about here. First uh, Corinthians chapter 9, from verse 16. I will have to read very quickly. Glory to Jesus. Just to establish what is Paul talking about here. Some of us have the idea already based on what we have been discussing till now. But let us see it. Verse 16. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16. For if I preach the gospel, I have nothing to boast of. For necessity is laid upon me. Yes, who is me if I do not preach the gospel. For if I do this willingly, I have a reward. Please begin to note some of these things. Okay. But if against my will, I have been entrusted with a stewardship, what is my reward then? That when I preach the gospel, I may present the gospel of Christ without charge. That I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all, that I may win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew, that I may win the Jews, to to those who are under the law as under the law, that I may win those who are under the law, to those who are without the law as without the law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without the law, to the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be partaker of it with you. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Obtain what? The prize. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I, I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as the one who beats the hair, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. lest, when I have preached to others, I myself should become a castaway. New King James says should become disqualified because that word, cast away, is the word adokimos which means to be disqualified for the prize. There you have your answer. So Paul here is talking about, of course, it started from verse 16, how much he has done for the sake of the gospel and then he started talking about rewards. Then he says he's doing all this so that he is not disqualified for the prize. After making an illustration of the work of the gospel that he was doing in the ministry, you know, like an athletic race, he said there is a price in the race. He illustrates a race. okay? He, 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 he illustrates the ministry work that he's doing in form of a race. That there is a price and he doesn't want to be disqualified for the price. So he races like someone that means what he's doing. There we have our answer. So here, Paul is talking about the price for work done, rewards, for work done well, for service done well, for the sake of the gospel. And this is important. This is by no means suggesting that, oh, after doing doing all these things, because you, you didn't work well, you lose your salvation. No. Salvation, again, is a gift. This is talking about rewards. Okay, you don't get reward from something that is a gift. Okay, <laughs> if it's a reward, it cannot be a gift. If it's a gift, it can't be a reward. Glory to Jesus. Paul speaks more on this. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Let's see 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 5. Actually from verse 9. Therefore, we make it our him, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. Okay, old King James will say to be accepted by him. And again, someone will see that and say that, you see, you see, you see, you need to do it so that you are accepted by him. If not, you'll be rejected. And then, yeah, rejected means what? You lose your salvation. Or on the last day, we'll say, I never knew you were you rejected of him. No, well pleasing to him. Again, look at the context here. The context here is talking about reward for work done. Hallelujah. So, Paul is saying we strive that we may be well-pleasing to him. Well-pleasing in what sense? For the price. Glory to Jesus. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. Bad here is the word forlorn, which means worthless. Wow. Non-profitable work so good here is not good versus bad you did a good thing by helping somebody bad is when you didn't help the person this is not what he's talking about here good or bad is a specific context specific description talking about profit to the work of the gospel or no profit to the work of the gospel very important good are wo- uh, uh, full of work valuable profitable work bad forlorn which is worthless useless work non-profitable work work to the gospel glory to Jesus so it's very important we 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 take a deep look at the context and the words then he speaks about judgment seat of Christ this is not judgment unto condemnation judgment seat here is bema bematos bematos Is the Greek word bematos? Bematos is unlike crematos. Okay, they are similar words like crematos, like krenotos, like crisis. all these Greek words, crematos, krenotos, crisis. they speak to rejection, they speak to punishment, they speak to condemnation. Okay, judgment unto condemnation. But bematos is different, which is the Greek word used there. Bematos is used. Uh, 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 it, 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 uh, in the Greek, it's basically a platform where judges actually sit and people that have done the race well, in athletics specifically, it is used in the athletics, in the Greek culture, basically, and it is still done till today, even in the Olympics, that is the platform to which the winners are called first, second third. oh, you have done well in this, come and receive your prize. So it's a prize-giving platform, is a reward-giving platform. It, again, we see how it corroborates where we are coming from. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, that I may not be disqualified for the prize. So Bematos here is talking about the prize-giving day. Okay? Where Christ, who died for all of us, will, as our master, the one whom we serve will judge each of us according to the work that we have done. If we have done it well, we receive reward. If we have not done it well, we lose the reward. Glory to Jesus. And that is bermatos. Never would you find on a prize giving day, after awarding first position, that they call the last position and say, come and take lashes of cane. No. Bermatos is for recognizing work well done. So, it's either you are recognized or you lose your recognition. You are not recognized. Glory to Jesus. So, this is not talking about condemnation. He that has believed in Christ Jesus has passed from death to life. Oh, he who believes is not condemned. He who does not believe is condemned already. So, the judgment of the rest of the world, those who have not received Christ, will be judgment unto condemnation. In fact, Scripture says they are condemned already. So, what will happen... It is called the Great White Throne Judgment in the book of Revelation. The Great White Throne Judgment is just to merely confirm the destination of those who have rejected Christ. Because they are condemned already. Glory to Jesus. But this is not the case for believers. Judgment Seat of Christ is for all believers. This is not about whether you, 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 you you are saved or not. It is for the saved. Okay? But your work that you did, your act of service, okay... For the sake of the gospel, remember, for the sake of the gospel, we will be rewarded. We will be tested. Glory to Jesus. Okay, so Christ died for us. He saved us. So he will judge our works. Just to know, okay, what have you made? How have you made use of what I have given you? Okay, what use did you make of what you were given? That is the judgment. Okay, what we are doing for the work of God will be tested. We will see some other scriptures. Okay, our service will be tested. Okay, and for that, rewards will be given for job well done or lost for job not well done. So, Bematos is a place, a platform of rewards. Okay, that's why Paul uses the illustration of the athletic race. Okay, the prize. Okay, salvation. I will establish here again. I will emphasize, we can't emphasize this enough. Salvation is a gift. Okay? You get rewards for faithfulness, you lose rewards for unfaithfulness in the work that you do in your body. Let's see uh, um, uh, uh, what amplifies, yeah, I love the way amplified version actually puts 2 Corinthians chapter 5-10. verse For we believers will be called to account and must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may be repaid for what has been done in the body whether good or bad, again, whether profitable or unprofitable, okay, that is, each will be held responsible for his actions, purposes, goals, motives, wow, the use or misuse of his time, opportunities, and abilities, wow, wow, it is real, brothers and sisters, there will be rewards, salvation again is a free gift. But I imagine being uh, uh, on that day, being without a reward will be like, just imagine yourself uh, back in school and then all the students, all the parents, all the lecturers, all the administrators gather together to celebrate the first position. Imagine how that person that never received a prize feels on that day. Wow. You feel regrets for what could have been. You feel regret for the gift, for the prizes you could have gotten. Not gift. For the prizes, for the rewards you could have gotten that you, you were disqualified for. Why? Of course, you were disqualified for the prize. You didn't meet the requirement for the prize. And that's the same way. I, I imagine it will be like, no, no, no. It will be like a disappointing time for, for, uh, 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 for, for whoever, makes it to that point and doesn't get a prize actually and it's so interesting because it's not uh, good or bad as an english language there are good works that, that will not be recognized we'll see more about that okay so if you pray okay if you serve let's see first corinthians chapter five uh chapter three before we go into that there's something here paul Speaks more about this concept of rewards for service in First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 to 15. Very quickly, very interesting. Again, what are we talking about? We are talking about that aspect of sanctification that is ongoing. Okay, that is ongoing. And remember, I can't stress this enough. This doesn't affect the primary work that has been done and finished by God. Glory to Jesus, okay? Which is the sanctification of the man at salvation, of course. That one is settled. It's a gift. Glory to Jesus. Okay, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 10 to 15. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation, and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, straight straw, each one's work will become clear, for the day will declare it, each, each one's work will be tested, because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test each one's work, of what sort it is if anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward do, do you hear that if anyone's work is born he will suffer loss but he himself will be saved yet so as through fire glory to jesus so again we have confirmation okay salvation is a gift but there will be reward for work done for our service for our, for our conduct for our service because our, our our conduct is a part of our service actually if we really uh, look at it technically glory to jesus so if you pray or serve because your pastor is seeing you as he has seen you you have received your reward because your motive for doing that in the first place was not for christ was not for the gospel's sake it was for man's praise for man's recognition and accolade glory to jesus you are on the workforce and you pull out because your unit leader or your pastor or your fellow worker stepped on your toes again you have received your reward already as you left the place as you left the pleasure, you have received your reward already why because the reason why you were doing your service was not for for gospel sake was not for christ the reason you were doing the gospel was because No one stepped on your toes. (laughs) So, you conduct yourself so poorly that nobody will listen to you if or when you even try to preach, when you try to communicate the gospel, when you try to communicate Christ to somebody, they don't even believe you. Yeah, you lose rewards that you could have gotten for those souls being converted to Christ. And this is how important this is. Again, we say that our conduct, our salvation has nothing to do with works. But leave that, 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 that level. Yes, we are saved. Now, this family matter, the family of the saints, there will be rewards for our actions, for our, our, our conduct, for our service. Not to talk of the consequences for your conduct. I've said that a lot. I've, I've hammered on that a lot in this class. There are consequences for ill conduct glory to jesus my pastor will say no your conduct ill conduct bad conduct poor conduct cannot take you to hell as a believer but it can bring hell to you how does it bring hell to you through consequences like someone that sleeps around oh yeah the consequences they are there waiting the consequences are there you lose your family you lose your confidence. You, you lose your sanity. You Some even lose their lives. Some get sick unnecessarily. Glory to Jesus. That is hell. The, the believer bringing hell upon himself. <laughs> he, he is saved. But he went and tapped into hell to, to, to have a taste of hell on half. That's what I'm trying to say. But he is saved. Glory to Jesus. So this is why Paul Admonishes believers all throughout his epistles. He does this. Whatever you do, do as unto the Lord, because He is the rewarder. Yeah, there are rewards. This is real. This is real. I can imagine myself on the prize-giving day. You know, <laughs> on the bema uh the, the 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 judgment seat of Christ. Prizes upon prizes. That is what I want. And that is why I give myself to service whichever way I can, with my resources, with my time, with my money. And we are coming to that in a GV to round up. We are coming to that. Glory to Jesus. So whatever you do, do as unto the Lord. It will be revealed as a preacher. For myself personally, for you preachers, it will be revealed whether you preach to earn the praise of the congregation, to earn rewards, to earn gifts. From the congregation to end the accolade, okay, of your congregation, or whether you teach for Christ, whether you preach for the gospel, it will be determined. Every man's work will be tested, and we know the works that will pass the test. Anyway, Paul told us in First Corinthians chapter nine that we read. What are the works that will be uh, uh, that will pass the test? The works done. For the sake of the gospel for the sake of Christ again, we are not talking about philanthropy here, okay? We are not talking about good work or bad work, something that is good that you do, or something that's bad that you do. No, that's not what we are talking about here. Where the judgment seat of Christ is concerned, what will be rewarded is work done for Christ because He's our Master, He saved us. So, work done for the sake of Christ, for you no, know, to, toward the salvation of men. And the maturing of the saved, of, of the saints, that's what will be rewarded. Work done for Christ. None will be excused. None will be forgotten. Every work will be rewarded. Glory to Jesus. So contrary to what many people think, many good works, in quotes, many morally acceptable works will not be rewarded. We will, will, will be burnt with fire. Why? Because it was not done for the sake of the gospel. It was not done for the sake of Christ glory to jesus glory to jesus so there will be rewards for how well you you have used your resources your time your money for the gospel for the sake of christ okay and let me say this this will not be a problem this second aspect of sanctification conduct and service will not be a problem okay for any man that has received christ and is well nourished in christ The problem will always arise when there is a malnourishment. You will never see a baby that feeds well and is healthy that won't rise up and walk eventually. You will never see that. Why? How well you feed is how well you walk. How well you feed is how well you live. Talking about service and conduct. So again, I encourage you to feed on Christ. I'm not talking about feeding on Feeding on 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 on, on motivation, you know, cunningly devised fables. What is Christ? When we say feed on Christ, what do we mean? Message of his death, his burial, and his resurrection. Message of what he can do in you, through you, with you, for you. Message of who you are in him. Message of the reality of Christ in you. That's what I'm talking about. Feeding on Christ. I'm not talking about feeding on messages or on things. Five steps, six steps, how to achieve this, how to achieve uh, financial stability, kingdom tips for so that's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about feeding on Christ. Glory to Jesus, you know, something very funny. Luke chapter 10, verse 41 and 42. Scripture records Jesus telling Martha, 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 you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, indeed, just one. And Mary has chosen that good path, and no one can take it away from her. Martha was worried about how things will go well and how she was going to fulfill her moral obligations to her master that is visiting them, to her guest. Mary chose feeding, feeding, feeding at the feet of the master. Jesus said, that is that one thing that matters. Later on, we see that Mary was never behind in service. She was never behind. She ended up being the one, the only one that was, well, the only one out of the many followers that was able to anoint Jesus' feet, signifying his death and burial. Every other person that tried it, they tried it on the resurrection morning. They were too late. Six days before Jesus' crucifixion, Mary broke a jar. Of, uh, what was that uh, expensive oil perfumed oil called spikenard Mary broke a jar of spikenard anointed his feet with it she was never behind in service glory to Jesus All others tried to do the same after he died but they were too late he, he, he resurrected before they got there you see when people feed on Jesus when people feed on Christ when they see him every other thing loses value she used pike nard, a very expensive perfume ointment in those days okay specifically used for anointing the dead she spent it all on jesus why she saw jesus she saw jesus all of a sudden every natural thing lost value in the face of jesus wow in fact Something interesting to notice: that jar of spikenard actually cost a year's wage. Work for a year in those days. That is when you will be able to afford that jar. She broke it all at once. Another anointing of Jesus, the second one that was recorded by that woman of Bethany. You no, know, the woman broke an alabaster box of the same spikenard. That is Mark chapter fourteen, verse three to nine. She fed so much of Jesus. Every natural thing lost value. Our money lost value before our eyes. Remember Zacchaeus, Luke chapter nineteen, verse eight. He said, "Master, I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anyone through unju- uh, 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 if I have collected anything from anyone unjustly, I return it fourfold." He saw Jesus. Money lost value before his eyes. Glory to Jesus. Remember Jesus riding on that donkey into Jerusalem. Scripture says people laid down their clothes for the donkey to pass through. When you see Jesus, every natural thing loses value. Remember the Samaritan woman. The Samaritan woman abandoned all the jars. Everything she had used her time for. She abandoned all those, all the jars of water. She went into 10 cities announcing Jesus. She forgot she abandoned whatever shame she was feeling for her marital status, for her relationship condition. Because scriptures record that she came when all other women were not present at the well. She, 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 she deliberately chose that time. Women would fetch early in the morning. She came. After they, 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 they had left, she came. When she made sure that it was only her that was there, she went beyond that shame, went beyond her personal ego. And then went into ten cities to proclaim Jesus. When people see Jesus, every natural thing loses value. You remember Paul? Paul listed his whole CV, Philippians chapter 3, verse 4 to 9. A, a, A Jew of Jew, a pharisee of Pharisee circumcised on the eighth day, he left it all. Why? For the sake of the gospel. When people see Jesus, in fact, you see. One key manifestation of a man that has truly seen Jesus, a man that feeds on Jesus, is that money or personal ego loses value before them. That is one key manifestation. So I encourage you, these things are not hard. They are not supposed to be hard. If they are hard, you are going about it the wrong way. Service conduct. You just make sure you are feeding. Keep feeding on Christ. You will abound in good works, both in conduct and in service. Glory to Jesus! Hallelujah. Has all been blessed today? I've been blessed. Let me quickly summarize everything that we have learned today. So, salvation we saw that is God sanctifying man by himself. Okay, it's God's work of sanctification. Sanctification on the turn, has to do primarily with what Christ has done in us. And then, after that, how we live, based on what he did, what he has done. That's our service and our conduct. We have also learned that these things, service and conduct, how well we perform in service and conduct, don't determine salvation. In salvation, you are already sanctified. That is key. Please don't miss that. God's spirit Christ in you sanctifies you, sets you apart from the world. The ongoing work of living separate from the world is made possible by you continually seeing Christ, by seeing the by, by feeding on the Christ. Sanctification and and that's what what can also because sanctification by the word, the ongoing work. As you feed on him, your habits, the habits you are struggling with, you, you, you just realize all of a sudden, they are non-existent. They do not exist anymore. At times, you have a, 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 a bad habit and as you are feeding on Christ, you fall into that again. You stand up, you keep your eyes, you keep your ears on Christ. Before you know it, after a while, you, your, your, uh, uh, the frequency of your falling begins to reduce. After a while, you don't even fall anymore. That is the way it is. It is easy. Just feed on Christ. Keep feeding on Christ. 7 Corinthians 3, verse 18. As we are with open face, as in a glass, behold the glory of the Son of God. We are also being changed in the same image. From glory to glory, as by the Spirit of God. From glory to glory. From which glory? From the glory of Moses, the glory of self effort, to the glory of Christ. That point where you are transformed from the inside out Woo-hoo! to the point that you don't even make effort anymore to live the Christ life. Wow, in service and conduct. Glory to Jesus. That is the will of God. Our sanctification. Keep feeding, keep feeding, keep feeding. It's 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 so sure. It is sure. Stonewall, ironclad guarantee. It is sure glory to jesus so the more you see jesus the more your separation manifests your your sanctification the more it manifests the more you go from the sick to the healed the more you go from the 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 one with personality disorder to the one that behaves just as christ glory to jesus glory to jesus hallelujah see your conduct as a believer cannot take you to hell i will reiterate that it will bring hell to you okay so as you feed on christ as you feed on christ you bring your mind what happens is you begin to bring your mind Romans chapter 12 verse 2 you bring your mind to conformity with what has happened in your spirit the sanctification that has happened primarily in your spirit will bring your mind to conformity with that to realization of that what happens is the moment that, that 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 is done, the moment your mind gets in conformity with that which has happened in your spirit, the sanctification begins to manifest on the outside. So the mind is the conduit. Actually, the mind is the conduit for our living. Someone said, you know, believe right. No, right, right believing is we produce right living. Yeah, your mind is the conduit for your life. Glory to Jesus. That's why a lot of premium is based on knowledge in in the Pauline epistles. He said, That I may know, that I may know Him. Know. So I encourage you again feed, feed, feed. Don't be tired of feeding in this season. Feed on Christ. So, again, as I close, we cannot stress this enough. Salvation is a gift. You don't work for a gift. You work for rewards. If it's a gift, it's not a reward. If it's a reward, it's not a gift. Glory to Jesus. Can you say this with me, somebody? I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I am the sanctified. I am faultless. I am blameless no guilt, no sin to my record whatsoever. I was made in righteousness and through holiness, and so I produce fruits accordingly. I am forever justified, forever sanctified by faith in the finished work of Christ Jesus. I continually give myself to feeding, feeding on Christ, the realities of Christ in me, and I abound in Christ-like service and conduct. Glory to Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Wow. Thank you so much for joining me again today. Yeah, we have now concluded looking at some of those concepts used by the Holy Ghost to communicate the subject of salvation in the, uh, in the epistles. Now, the the, 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 the the next thing we are going to be doing from next class, please don't miss that, we are going to be examining some what ifs or what of, what about. Now, we have seen salvation in, in its fundamentals over several weeks now, several weeks, we have seen salvation in its fundamentals. We know what salvation is now no. uh, by examining the body of truth. We know exactly that salvation is God's work, is a gift. We know the, 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 the different concept that the Holy Ghost uses to communicate salvation. We see the volume of that which Christ has done for us or that which God has done for us in Christ. Now, to bring this series to, to an end, we want to consider some certain scriptures, some certain passages of the Bible, where the proponents of the idea of the school of thought that it is possible for a believer to lose his salvation, where they get some of their misconceptions. Some scriptures, of course, not properly interpreted. that—that That is what leads to that. We have learned so far in this class, in these classes. Okay, so we are going to be uh, picking those passages one after the other, maybe two uh, per class, then we'll digest, we'll excavate scriptures, excavate the Bible to actually bring out the truth about these passages. By so doing, we would have laid this matter to rest effectively. Glory to Jesus. I will see you then. It promises to be great. Glory to Jesus. Father, we thank you.
0: It's been a pleasure having you join us on today's podcast. We hope you were blessed. If you have never at any time confessed your faith in the death, burial, and resurrection of jesus christ and would like to do this please say these words after me heavenly father thank you for your love for me thank you for sending jesus christ to die on the cross for all my sins you raised him from the dead and is alive today by his sacrifice i am forever forgiven forever justified and forever saved. Christ lives in me, and as he is, so am I in this world. Amen. Congratulations. You are now a member of God's family. He is now Father to you. We encourage you to grow daily by the knowledge of Christ. Until next time, remember you are greatly blessed, highly favored, deeply loved.